I have the honor to sit here with Sonny Borelli. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Arizona, you want to give us just a little bio on yourself? Right. I'm an Arizona state senator. I'm the Senate Majority Whip. My legislative district five, which is Mojave and La Paz counties. And so I live in Lake Havasu. So I, I protect three quarters of the west coast of Arizona because along the Colorado River. And yeah, I, so I protect us from the left coast. And but yeah, and I can see California from my house. <laughs> so there is beachfront property in Arizona. Yeah, well, it's, after it's all. Uh, sort of beachfront. Yeah, sort of beachfront. <laughs> yeah. But we have our own coastline. That's true. That's funny. Uh, uh, so you've been very busy, man. Yeah, uh, very busy since yeah. last November. Um, do you want to just kind of give us a, uh, an idea of what you've been up to, what you found, uh, um, what's going on in Arizona, what we can do about it? Right. Well, you know, the, the, the grass fire started on the November 30th hearing that we had downtown Phoenix. Mark Fitchin was the lead dog in that sled and organizing it, along with uh, Representative Leo Biasucci. Uh, Mark Fitchin's running for the Secretary of State now, and he's being an outstanding Secretary of State for Arizona. So anyway, we organized the, the event and uh, got things rolling. We heard, you know, hundreds of people that, that were witnesses to the during the election that, you know, poll workers were saying, hey, people showed up to vote, and they had said that they were already voted, and they didn't vote. And uh, so, you know, these kind of things, and of course, Sharpie Gate and a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, a, a lot of people testifying that they saw so much irregularities and, and anomalies in the process that, you know, um, like I said, that lit the grass fire. Well, I poured gas on that grass fire in the Senate and uh, convinced the Senate president to uh, let's have a Senate hearing through the Judiciary Committee. Uh, we did in December of, of last year. And uh, then we issued subpoenas to uh, Maricopa County supervisors to audit for, so we can conduct an audit. And that's when the big fight started coming, because then they started challenging our subpoenas in court and kind of halted things. And they, all you want to do is just drag it out, drag it out, drag it out. You know, we, they tried to get the court of public opinion behind them, but we had the courts behind us that uh, actually proves that this legislature has standing, that our subpoenas are legal and enforceable. So they finally had to comply. And that's when we started to conduct the audit. And uh, we wanted to do it there at their election site. But. Uh, the election uh, county elections uh, department, but they chose to push everything off site, which I call removing things from the scene of the crime. Mm. So we ended up having to do the audit at the renting a convention center or, or the Col Veterans Coliseum down in Phoenix. Uh, so, you know, it took a long time to count every ballot, every piece of paper, this kind of thing. And it wasn't, everybody thinks this is a recount. It wasn't a recount. A recount could have been done really quick. Uh, a recount is, um, is, nothing it's not that's not an audit but what was really surprising is how Maricopa County has agreed to, to participate in the audit but then they said we'll do our own audit so they hired two companies to do an audit well the problem with that is the companies that they hired are only allowed to certify the machines well one of those companies was the, the same company that certified the, the election machine. So they can't have an objective audit in the first place, even if you wanted to call it an audit. The Election Assistance Commission only certify companies to certify, they certify companies to certify machines that the machines are operating properly at the time of inspection. Now, that's not an audit. That just says that the machines are, um, you know, certified at the time of inspection. Mm. So, but the media ran with this bogus information, this lie. And I mean, that's the big lie. That's the big, that's the true fraud because 
it wasn't an audit. So they can call it an audit all they want. Uh, they can call it a ham sandwich. We all know it's baloney. And that's what we did. We called them out for their lies. And uh, so bottom line is, you know, we, we got that whole thing done. It was, it was not a recount. This is a full forensic audit. We're examining the pieces of paper, you know, every ballot, every ballot envelope, the voter rolls, even canvassing was part of that uh, to also include the election equipment. Uh, we're still waiting on the routers and the spunk logs and the hardware tokens of the Dominion machines. The county was still obstructing that. We finally forced them to the table um, where we have a, a middleman, you know, somebody to arbitrate. Look, this is what the cyber team wants. You guys draw down the stuff. And their argument was that there's data on there that will compromise law enforcement, health department, or the personnel department. They want to protect their thing, so the arbitrator, that middleman, if you will, We'll make sure that none of that stuff is, uh, none of, there's no data on there. Now, everybody knows there's no, none of that kind of data is on a router anyway. The only thing that's on a router is the date and timestamp of IP addresses and MAC addresses of internet traffic. That's it. And there's no other data that's on there. There's no names. There's no case files. There's none of that kind of stuff. But that's their concern. So the arbitrator is going to make sure that, you know, we don't get any of that fictitious data that they're claiming. But uh, anyway, so our audit report is 90% done. That's already been made public. The media came out the night before, automatically started attacking it because somehow the county attorney got a hold of a draft report, and it's a draft. A draft is not a report. It's, it's a draft. It's, it's a rough. Well, they put out the word that uh, Biden still won. As a matter of fact, he gained a couple more votes that uh, the Senate, you know, didn't prove anything. We didn't prove fraud. Well, the Senate attorney actually leaked that to the press the night before to discredit the report that's coming out that on the Friday afternoon on September 24th, which was comical because we knew it was coming. We knew that what they were going to do. We've read their playbook. We know what they're going to do. Yeah, so the audit report either. came out. So you're, you're right. Okay. The county said they had this many numbers. Okay. And, of course, the audit team counted all the papers and said, yeah, okay. And the bubbles, yeah, okay. The numbers pretty much match, except for page two, the other story, like they say. Mm -hmm. um, that's not a recount. I mean, that would be a recount, but we didn't do a recount. We're doing an audit. So what, it, what they did was they just ran with a headline and forgot about the rest of the story. So it breaks down like this. If you have $1,000 and 200 is, is counterfeit, do you still have $1,000? The answer is no. And that is what's in the report. The report shows that, uh, what, I think 5,000 ballot envelopes were, were allowed to be submitted into the system with no signature whatsoever. That was either mailed in or somebody dropped it off in a drop box. So what they did is they allowed that envelope to be opened up and that ballot to be taken out and put in the system. You had envelopes that just had a little tick mark on it, just a pen mark, didn't even, even remotely look like it's a signature. Some of it was off in, a, in a certain corners. Um, so they counted that as a signature. There's another 5,000 ballots. So, I mean, these are the kind of things that we were finding. Not only that, but the, the 1,500 volunteers in Maricopa County residents, all registered Republican, Democrat, Independent. We didn't care about which party. They just, we wanted them to take an oath that they would, you know... Uh, play by the rules and, and, you know, maintain integrity and, and do the right thing because it's about them also. It doesn't matter. Party doesn't matter in this. We want to make sure that the elections are run free and fair. And the, the volunteers that did this, these are all citizens of Maricopa County. They have skin in the game. 
they the, what they witnessed where they saw ballots that you could obviously tell that was not bubbled in by a human hand. It was done by, uh, it looks like a copy machine. So in other words, somebody filled out a regular ballot and then Xerox copies of them over and over and over. Well, they see that in the system. And then they saw certain patterns and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but all of this data has been turned over to the Attorney General. All the unredacted data, we had to, during the report, we had to make public, we had to, we had to redact certain things to protect identities and so on and so forth. Everything that we have that's unredacted is turned over to the Attorney General for their, their election integrity unit, and they've started an investigation already. Uh, they put the county on notice, do not destroy anything, you better hold on to everything, as everything's subject to being to litigation. Uh, and by the way, everything is still under Senate subpoena, so nothing can be destroyed, nothing can't hide anything. However, the county did delete stuff off the election servers. Um, there was data, I mean, we're talking thousands of, of files that were deleted. That's a violation of law, state and federal law. And there's also in, in, there is evidence of um, the capability for Internet hookup, Wi-Fi hookup, which is, a, once again, against the law that the Internet hookup during an election. So, you know, if there's cyber interference on that during the election, that's a, that's a huge concern because if we have foreign actors that it's interfering with our elections, that's extremely concerning. But if we have domestic interference, cyber domestic interference, that's really troubling. But if we have that in concert, domestic and foreign interference in concert, folks, that scares the hell out of me because that's a national security issue. That's the one issue that I, I will, will not compromise on. Um, look, win or lose the election, it comes out, it is what it is. But if we're having this kind of interference, that's a national security issue, and that's the hill I'm dying on, pure and simple. Mm. So, to recap, yes. the, everything's been turned over to the Attorney General for investigation. They've opened up that investigation, and I'm, I'm really hoping that they are going to open up a criminal investigation because we've identified certain individuals that have, we have a date and time stamp, and we have a video. We have people identified that they're the ones that deleted stuff off the equipment, and that's a federal crime, and uh, hopefully, state and federal crime, so hopefully the Attorney General will be able to... Uh, I'd like to see indictments because, you know what, if we need to count every legal vote and illegal vote suppresses the legal vote. And this is beyond party lines. This is beyond anything else. Every, every citizen of the state and in this country is entitled to free and fair elections. It's guaranteed. It's enshrined in the Constitution. It's our job to, to make sure that that gets done. We can delegate the authority to the counties to run the election, but the overall responsibility falls on the state legislature. That's enshrined in the Constitution. The federal government has nothing to do with that. That's one of the, the, the rights that the states retained when the Constitution was ratified. Um, so to do an audit, should not nobody should be blinking an eye. Government audits other government agencies all the time. Uh, so nobody should be even blinking an eye at this. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. We should be doing ongoing audits. As a matter of fact, the Democrat Party platform of 2020 on page 56 even calls for comprehensive, uh, comprehensive uh, audits of elections to make sure the election integrity. So it's amazing how they're already pushing back on it, especially when years ago, before the 2020 election, even Kamala Harris is saying we should go to paper ballot, hand count, mm -hmm. in person. It's just amazing. The hypocrisy is all over the place. Oh, it's fascinating. Uh, okay, so here's what's going. I've got a couple questions going through my head. 
first of all, if 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 all these Biden fan poll workers were just like had their own idea to fudge the ballots, uh, that'd be one thing and a and a big coincidence. But if there was uh, influence coming from D.C., that would be a massive undertaking and conspiracy with many, many, many players involved. And it would be shocking to not have the whistleblower come out or just say, hey, I got instruction from D.C. to fudge this, you know, fudge these things. So what uh, what do you think? I mean, what do you think happened? Is it a coincidence that all these poll workers did this? And my second line of questioning is, okay, so we bring an indictment on a poll worker. It's like taking out the drug de- uh, the, the drug dealer and not the, the kingpin. You know what I mean? So how do we go after the kingpin? Well, I mean, that's all speculation, but you it have is. to understand. Yes. Uh, it yes. doesn't have to take a massive amount of people to, uh, to burglarize your house. Only has to take one or two people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've got an inside person, that's even more obviously. It's easy to breach. So you really don't have to have a massive army of people to put something in place. You know, these things, like I say, like I always say, proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Okay, uh, all you have to have is strategic people in strategic places. For example, mm-hmm. we had a county worker, a county election worker, uh, back in October say. Tell everybody, all the workers, poll workers out there, um, that, hey, gang, make sure that you use a black and blue ink pens, okay, on early voting. But on election day, only hand out Sharpies. Well, why would you do that? Well, we're finding through the process of this, this audit of looking and examining all these ballots. Normally, if you have a, you have a spoiled ballot, okay, it goes to adjudication. A normal adjudication rate ranges about ranges about four to five percent. Okay, very rare cases six percent. We had almost a twelve percent increase of adjudication. Okay, so we had a twelve percent uh, adjudication rate, which means there was a five hundred and fifty percent increase in adjudication just in Maricopa County alone. Which means that you had twenty, thirty thousand uh, spoiled ballots. Whether somebody poured coffee on it, which means. It's a spoiled ballot. The machine won't take it. Somebody has to physically look at the ballot, and they have to do a hand copy under, obviously, somebody's got to supervise it. Mm. So basically, you're having somebody there to, somebody else is actually interpreting your intention on how you voted. We had testimony from people that worked the adjudication uh, portion of that at the county level, uh, volunteers, and they were kind of, you know, moved out of the room and, and gave him a, gave they gave him another job mm. so you know there now the obviously the observer process uh, has been compromised and then of course with a spoiled ballot and when you make the corrected ballot okay the duplicate it's supposed to be identical you're supposed to have you're supposed to marry the two up again basically serial ni- serial numbers have to match the two so you're making it and you basically staple the two together mm. so you got to make sure that Number one, you got to make sure they don't get counted twice. But unfortunately, we have these ballots, these spoiled ballots, that do not have a corresponding copy associated with them. So that's another anomaly there that we have. Wait a minute, do we have double voting? Where's the corresponding corrected ballot? 
So these are the things that go on. It only takes a couple of handful of people to get things something like that going. Mm. For example, that one that one county worker said only hand out sharpies. Well, that went out throughout the Maricopa County. Certain precincts got sharpies, and they had all these spoiled ballots. See? So, so a sharpie ballot is invalid. Is if it right? ble- if it bleeds through, ah. see, which means it's inferior paper. If it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be done on a very uh, specific paper weight, um, and that way it's more official. And it's, it's not supposed to bleed through. But if you get somebody's got inferior paper, where did that paper come from? It didn't come from the original printer. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? So these are the kind of things that you're going. Wait a minute. Like I said, if you have a thousand dollars and two hundred is, co- is counterfeit. Do you have $1,000? No, you don't. So what we're doing in Arizona, we actually came up with a ballot that has 10 different uh, counterfeit countermeasures on it. So you, can't, you cannot Xerox it off and make a copy of it. Once you run that ballot through, it's, it actually burns the ballot and you can't count it twice. It's got you know, QR codes so you can track your ballot. Only the individual knows what their, their number is because they scan it. Mm. It's got watermarks on it. It's got all kinds of, like I said, all these counterfeit countermeasures on it. And, and the cost of that is, oh, my God, the astronomical, I mean, how much is your ballot worth to you? It should be treated like currency. Mm. Your ballot is worth currency. Well, the cost on that is only 25 cents, less than the price of a postage stamp. Mm. Uh, and we back that up with money so the counties can't say it's an unfunded mandate. Now we just got to, this next session, we just got to work it out to the details and how we're going to int- introduce that into the next election. Mm. So uh, we have to be prospective, you know, and, and proactive. Mm-hmm. We've ventured into this thing saying, hey, everybody's going, wait a minute, there's time out here. There's all these anomalies during the election. Everybody had, everybody, there was witnesses, thousands, thousands of people that signed affidavits under penalty and perjury. That's five years mandatory minimum, five years in prison. They have nothing to gain by that, they have, by lying. So why would they do that? Because they honestly saw what they saw. And they sign these affidavits. So we have to do something. So I had to urge my colleagues, look, we have to do something. This is our job. We're duty and honor bound to do it. If we find nothing, we did our job. If we find something that we need to fix prospectively, for example, ballots that can be counterfeited, we need to fix that. If we have to find something that's so drastic, like maybe even reclaiming the electors, we're duty and honor bound to do that too. So let's follow the evidence where the evidence takes us. And right now, all that evidence is in the hands of the state attorney general. I appreciate your work. Thank you. Um, you're, you're setting a standard for what should be done in every state. And yeah, I know it's not going on in every state. And I know Arizona's been uh, in the news because you're a standout and you're an anomaly that, that you're willing to go through all this work to get to the bottom of it. And, and hopefully the work you're doing will prevent this from happening again. Because I think that's a big fear from a guy like me that's not involved politically. I'm just an American citizen. If they can steal it once... They'll steal it every time from now on, and we have to work to prevent that. I said this back in 2018 when we lost a Senate seat, and then we got Katie Hobbs as our Secretary of State. I mean, a far-left, hardcore socialist Democrat as our Secretary of State. (laughs) I said, so I threw up up the red flags back then. I said, wait a minute, guys, so made right here. We had people ballot harvesting. We had drop-off boxes everywhere. It was was crazy, and we were all called a bunch of conspiracy theorists and crazy nuts, and I'm like, Mm. okay, we're being set up in 2020, and now this happened, and it just didn't happen in Arizona. We're finding this all across the country, at least six other states, but you know what? We're finding out it's actually more than that. It's 16 states. That we're, we're finding out that this happened. People look, look at what just happened in California. Just California just had a recall election, but everybody and their grandmother and dead grandmothers got ballots in the mail. Mm. 
they didn't ask for a ballot in the mail, but they got mailed them out. I mean, I had friends that live in Arizona. They have been in Arizona for five years. Their tenants that they have a house that they're renting to uh, the last five years got ballots in the mail, and they called them up and said, hey, do you know these three people? And they go, yeah, why? He says, well, we got ballots in the mail for them. Who are they? Oh, those are the previous owners from over 20 years ago. And he says, I've never never seen that. We've never got a ballot in the mail for any of these mm-hmm. people. And, he, and then he said, two days later, he says, they called me up and said, hey, I got your ballots here too for the recall election. They haven't registered to vote in California for over five years. They've never did vote by mail either. Mm-hmm. See, these things are going on all across the country. We need to get rid of that ballot ma- the ma- mailing system. We need to tighten that up. You know what? If you're deployed military, you're a police officer, something like that, odd work schedule, these kind of things, you can't go to the polls during early voting, which is, I think, I like I like that because it's, you know, three weeks early voting. I think we need to go smaller precincts. That way you know you have 1,000 people registered to vote that precinct. If only 900 vote, you better have account, you better account for that uh, the extra 100, mm. 100 ballots that you have on hand. So we need to have accountability of the ballot. Same thing. So we need to put it tighten up the mail-in ballot system because that's that's where I believe the fraud is. Um, when you have 25 people registered to vote at a vacant lot and there's no mailbox, but somehow those mail-in ballots got submitted in the system, how they get delivered? to a vacant lot with no mailbox, and you're not supposed to forward the ballot unless you request it. But you have to have that temporary request on record, and none of that was there. And we have, we're, we're finding out through the canvassing that there's thousands of those, mm. thousands. So we have a problem. We do. It seems like a massive election reform, election that, process right. reform and is you know, in order. Are the Democrats' own mouths, you know, don't let a good crisis go to waste. Mm. There's no coincidences in mm. politics. FDR had said that, you know, so they use COVID as the cover to do massive mail-out ballot because of COVID, people can't go to the polls, mm. which is ridiculous. And we're finding out the truth on that, too. Yeah. So, yeah. once again, it's only a conspiracy theory for about six months. <laughs> Can I ask you one last question? Sure. And by the way, if it's yes. a conspiracy theory, why would you want to debunk that? Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, if you find it. something you need to investigate and go, let's debunk that. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just thinking of the pushback, you know, that uh, you're getting from uh, for, for this, you know, election process reform that needs to be done. A lot of pushback. Yeah. One of those uh, statements that came out was that uh, require, and this has blown my mind since the day I started voting when I was 19. Why don't I have to present my ID so that they know it's me? And that, that was a 19 year old. That's weird. But now they've said uh, uh, IDs are racist. I'm trying to figure that one out. Uh, any thoughts on that? Well, I, I think, don't you find it ironic that if you, if you're, okay, you're forced to go get the vaccine, right? Get the jab, but you got to show your ID to get the jab, right? Amazing. Really? But not to The hypocrisy vote. is all over the place. They don't, come on, folks. We all know this is a scam. Don't buy into this garbage. Um, if you've got to show an ID to go get a can of spray paint, because you've got to be 18 to get a can mm. of spray paint, okay? If you've got to show an ID, to get a pack of smokes, go get a beer. You know what? If you want to get NyQuil because it's got alcohol on it, you got to be 18. Mm-hmm. You got to show an ID for that. Yeah. I mean, so this is ridiculous. It's all a lie. They know it's a lie. Even the Democrats have said we need to have voter ID. Camel, Kamala Harris said we need to have voter ID. How is it voter How is it racist? It's the most. It's the most idiotic racist statement I've actually ever heard because you're basically saying that people of color are not smart enough uh, to go get an ID card. It's amazing. Now, well, but people, you know, poor people, 
have a hard time getting an ID. Okay, so poor people that's on the welfare system, right? They're on some kind of state assistance. In Arizona, you have to have nine different forms of identification just to get on a state assistance. Same thing with the federal government. Just the SNAP program alone, you have to have ID. So it's all garbage. It's a lie. It's a lie. They must think we're so stupid because these lies they create are ridiculous and out and just fantastical. Like it's like, who are you talking? Do you think we're all a bunch of six months old? Like, well, we had a saying in the Marine Corps: complacency kills. And unfortunately, we've all got complacent yeah. because yep. we've allowed machines to make things easier for us mm. in life, and that's that's fine. But when the machines start compromising things, that's when we uh, have really big problems, and we just have to go back to old school. I think, like I said, paper ballot, hand count, vote in person. Let's go back to old school. Have people count at the local precinct level, and let's do it their way. Because guess what? This is your right. This is enshrined in the Constitution. How much American blood and treasure has been spent on helping other countries be able to have free and fair elections? Our own, this, and, and even here, the blood of patriots is the reason why we have this country. Mm. The blood of patriots that gave us and set up this system. Uh, to have free and fair elections. This can't be compromised. I serve with the consent of the governed. And if that consent has been compromised, we have big problems. People say, Sonny, you don't talk like a politician. You're right. I'm not a politician. I'm a Marine on a mission. Thank goodness. Well, you're an American hero in my eyes and a lot of people's eyes. And and, uh, we pray for you. We uh, appreciate the work you're doing. Uh, We appreciate your service as a Marine. Thank you. We need way fewer politicians and more normal people like you in office uh, to make this happen. And, and we, I wish you the best. Um, continued success to you. Any final thoughts you want to uh, just share with our audience? Just tell our folks, you know what? It's about staying power. Stay focused. Stay vigilant. Stay motivated. Stay strong. We're Americans. We don't weaken. We don't let up. It, surrender is not in our creed. We need to keep focused. Don't weaken. Don't sit there and get frustrated and go, well, I'm never going to vote again. Mm. No. This is when you go and you stand your ground and say, my vote will count. And improve your net, hire a vet. Hmm. I like that. Right on. God bless you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us.